The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man untook and sowed in his field, which is the least indeed of all seeds, but when it is grown up, it is greater than all herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and dwell in the branches thereof. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Following upon last Sunday's parables, again from the 13th chapter of St. Matthew, our Lord continues with similar images, speaking of the kingdom in parables. The parable of the mustard seed at first offers the minimal insight that the church begins small uh, and slowly, but eventually it is the, the, the most important of all things growing. It begins with a few apostles. It is born out of suffering and eventually is evident not only to believers, but even to its enemies as the most important thing in the world. But there's much more to this parable because even that almost seems as though it's not enough. Why, why would he need to tell this parable? What's, what's urgent about it? Our Lord doesn't waste words. He doesn't say things that are superfluous. Of course, it'll start small and it'll grow. What will help us reread this parable and to draw new insights from it is knowing that the fathers of the church, especially St. Augustine, St. John Chrysostom, St. Gregory, are unanimous in understanding the mustard seed to be our Lord speaking of himself. In all the previous parables speaking of seed, our Lord is using the seed to talk about believers. Even in the first part of Matthew 13, he identifies that the, you know, the seed are believers, children of God or children of the evil one. This is different. Now, he's speaking of himself. And when he speaks of himself, he speaks of the tiniest, tiniest, humblest of seeds. And what helps us see the, the conclusion of this so much more clearly is that he then is the one in whom all the birds come and dwell. And so we are the birds who seek refuge under his shade, who find sustenance, from him. In him, we make our home. St. Paul, in speaking to the Thessalonians, makes an allusion in this particular branch, this particular section, of how they received the word in much tribulation. In fact, 1 Thessalonians is so short, I encourage you to reread the, the whole letter. It's just short enough. I'm tempted to do it for you, but I'll leave it to you. In Acts, I believe chapter 16, there's a reference to Timothy and Silas coming and visiting from Macedonia, coming to, to St. Paul and giving a report about how things are going there. In 1 Thessalonians, St. Paul's letter picks up on that theme and, and speaks of how he wishes he could be there. He'd already been there. He wishes he could be there again and recounts how his time there was met with opposition. And how the church being born in Thessalonica, or Thessaloniki, is so similar to how the church was born by our Lord and the apostles in Jerusalem. 
accompanied not only by persecution, but even by death. And yet these believers persevered. We continue on in St. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, and we see his rejoicing not only in their persevering, but their growing, and also in God giving the bad people what they deserve, finally. And in the end, encouraging them to persevere, to mind, mind their own business. Don't be too concerned with the matters, the affairs of others. Be good, be strong, be prayerful. And in terms of the, the seasons of the end of the world and questions about that, don't be troubled. If, if Christ is with you, you're ready. You, it won't, it won't catch you by surprise. It will catch others like a thief in the night, but you won't need any, any, you won't have anything to worry about. Be at peace. When we translate that then into our, our own experience, we need to remember that the growth of the kingdom of God, the presence of Christ in your life, will begin imperceptibly. You won't even notice. Very small. It's the whispering of the Holy Spirit that even precedes your baptism. And then you're beginning in the sacramental life. So begin so simply. And then hopefully you enjoy the benefit of, 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 of living the faith before you even realized it. But even if you, even if you didn't, even if you came into the church later on in life and began a sacramental life as an adult, it still, it begins before you're even aware of it. The Holy Spirit is working on you. And when your sacramental life commences, it, it makes a, a deep and lasting impression. How many, how many converts will never forget that Easter vigil when their sacramental life began or when their full communion with the church began? And yet it's so fragile. The church won't permit these, these new Christians, these new Catholics to be too active too quickly. Because the growth and grace happens slowly. Remember St. Paul, if there's anyone who's in, who is the, the icon of the instant conversion, it's St. Paul. He, he definitely illustrates for us that which is observed by Aristotle, which is the people who are, who are bad in a mediocre way, when they become good, they're sort of good in a mediocre way. The people who are really dedicated about being bad, when they convert, they're instantly really dedicated about being good. Grace builds on nature. But even St. Paul, after his conversion, his first few attempts at preaching, then spent two years in the desert, two years in Arabia, to ponder all of these things, to re reconfigure his whole understanding of all of history in the light of the fact that our Lord is risen. He is God. And so on others, whether, whether they be our children whom we're teaching the faith and encouraging, or a friend who has asked us to accompany them, we need to be extraordinarily patient and persevere with them. There are many ups and downs, and growth happens, genuine growth happens slowly. It'd be good if the, the true dendrologist were here to speak authoritatively about matters of the garden, but we, we all know that it's in times of drought at times that, that plants grow their deepest roots, searching for water. And in those times when we think that nothing good is happening, we, we need not despair that the Holy Spirit has forgotten us or that Christ is not present. And then all of us 
All of this eventually leads to the point where a, a full disciple of Christ, a grown adopted daughter, son of God the Father, can even look forward to the end of the world, can even look forward to judgment and be at peace. What a remarkable accomplishment of God's grace to take this, this flesh and blood, this fallen spirit, and make it strong, make it holy. It begins in the smallest of ways and eventually becomes the most, the most glorious work of God. And so we pray. As St. Jerome encourages us, let us take the wings of the dove, that flying aloft we may dwell in the branches of this tree and may make ourselves nests of doctrines and soaring above earthly things may hasten towards heavenly things. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.